This is Be Money Simple, where we make money simple so you can become rich and wealthy. Remember, I'm not an investment advisor. Please consult with your investment professionals before you make any changes to your portfolio. This is Be Money Simple, where we start building your knowledge to build your wealth. This is Hank for Be Money Simple. Talking today about a concept that most of us try to avoid, and I talked about it in a previous newsletter briefly, and I'm going to go into a little more detail today. And it's a it's something that I think, and I, as I mentioned in the newsletter, I'll go over that example again about, it's about making mistakes. And so when you think of making a mistake, um, what does it bring about in you and what do you think about it? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk, I think I'll start by talking about Relic Healthcare that I was so, so big on and put it, we put it in our book and it was one of my only three holdings and because, because I understand the concept of needing incredible home health care and being able to, you know, recover in your home and eat good food after surgery or whatever you may be facing. And, and so the concept was great. The software was great. But the problem is the people didn't deliver. And so if you remember in a newsletter a while back, I got out of all my uh, Relic Healthcare stock. Sold it all. <clears throat> At a loss, of course. I think the, I don't know what the amount was, but it was, it, it's always painful. It doesn't matter if it's five bucks or 15,000 bucks, or in this case, it might've been 20,000 or something. But the point is when you, when you lose and make a mistake, the first impulse is to go back to what you learned in school. And so I'm going to explain this in a little more detail, and then I'll go back to Relic. So I can remember, like it happened yesterday, I was in Mr. Dulong's class, which I think was grade two or three. And the question was, when he was starting a lesson, how many days are there in a week? And, you know, I popped my hand up so quick, I, I just, I knew the answer, and I said, eight days. There's eight days in a week. Everybody started laughing. The principal, uh, sorry, the teacher started laughing. He was also the vice principal. He started laughing at me, not with me, and was too stupid to understand what I was talking about. Well, at the time, the Beatles were the rage, and everybody was, you know, playing their songs, and my sister had eight days a week on. It seemed like every day, and I was listening to it when I was doing anything around the house. And so it was in my mind when the teacher asked the question, I just said eight days a week because the Beatles said so. And you know, at another level, I was correct. For the Beatles <laughs> and their song, eight days a week meant something, and it, for, it was that reality of that song. So at some conceptual level, I guess I was right. Uh, but the point of the story is to explain the reaction and the shame and the, you know, like you're an idiot basically they're telling me because I said eight instead of seven. And, and we do this all, all our life we're kind of told, you know, we get punished for making mistakes. You know, you make a mistake, you get punished. Um, not through natural consequences, but through extra consequences if you remember being a kid you make a mistake you got punished that doesn't happen as often today but but the world will ex throw a punishment at you you know if you if you drive uh too fast you get a ticket you get punished um now with technology sometimes it's just a camera at a stoplight that catches you or on a freeway or whatever but 
there's a clear concept that still exists in, in, in a big part of society and there's a punishment but the question is what do you do with that pain do you try to avoid more of it which is a human instinct we try to avoid pain who wants pain and so when it comes to making mistakes we avoid them because we we don't want to feel pain the problem is to grow to develop to reach your potential to be a good to great investor you have to accept mistakes now you don't want those mistakes to take you out as we talk about in the book survival is everything so if you if you put a big bet on something as i did on relic which for me was you know i put fifty thousand or whatever it was into relic um it's not going to bankrupt me but it's going to hurt a lot and I've talked about other companies through the angel fund that I've invested in or other things that have gone south, including my first experience. And if you go back to the very beginning podcast, it's forever ingrained in my brain called the ice cream company. It's my, uh, I call it my first MBA in business that continues to give because I continue to r- refer to it in current life situations in business. So the question then is if we if you can accept that there could be eight days in a week and in my world you were wrong if you said seven and you can accept the other side let you know fight through the pain and the emotion of of not wanting to be wrong and singled out and shamed you will be successful because you have and with that here comes another one that 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 few people you'll see and in striking examples of this in our world today where people do not want anybody around them that think differently and may give them the other side to their success story so if someone is invested in something mentally like they say interest rates are going to go up or interest rates are going to drop and you present the other side of that argument many people won't want to talk to you you know, if you're that guy in the room, like I've been for most of my life, who 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 challenges the conventional level of thinking, whether it's how many days in there a week when I was in grade two, all the way up to, uh, you know, are landfills a good thing? And, you know, should we, should we dump sewage and water that we drink? And, you know, basic kinds of things that seem to challenge some people. Or should you, in my community here, should you spend $100 million on an office building where you convert an old shopping mall that no one wants, it's 40 years old, into offices for your buddies when it's taxpayer money and no one goes to work today in an office? A lot of people work from home and we have great offices where we are. They just need a new roof and a new HVAC system. So I ask those questions and people say, well, what's wrong with that guy? You know, when he talks about the landfill, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't like our community. He's, there's, there's, well, it, it's not about being right or wrong. It's that people protect their ego and they protect their, their, their belief system to the point where they're not open to consider other options and they're not flexible enough. They're not flexible enough to move off their position and consider others. And this moves into our final piece to this podcast today, which talks about cognitive flexibility. Because what happens when you accept new information you often have to alter what you think about a certain concept or a certain way you're going to do business or a certain you know, issue that's important. For example, a few years ago, when interest rates were down to 2%, um, most people, 
I would say probably 99% of people forgot history. Now, if you, again, I'm going to go back to the ice cream story, where interest rates were 24% on our account. So every time we put money in from our, our, our business into our account, the bank took the money to, to decrease the line of credit we used to build these uh, shops, ice cream shops because we were paying 24% on it. So that meant every time we used or needed money, there was no cash. We always had to use a line of credit of 24%. And mortgage rates were well over 14, in some cases, I think 16%. I can remember one of the first properties we bought, we had a 14% mortgage, but it was a positive class cash flow situation. So back to a couple of years ago, when interest rates were down to I think two, two and a half percent or less, you could get a CMHC mortgage if you were a big a big real estate company for less than 2%. I can remember so many people telling me that interest rates were just going to keep going down. They're never going to go up again. And I thought, well, geez, I, I remember the 24% on the ice cream account. And, and some of these were bank dudes, you know, like regional managers of banks were saying to me, like, why do you want to refinance this mortgage? I said, well, because it's, you know, it's 2.5% right now. And I want to lock it in. It wasn't the, the, the rate of three and a half or four that I had. I wanted to lock in the two and a half or three for another five years. I wanted 10, but they wouldn't give it to me uh, so that we would have that five-year security of that rate. Because I knew, I just said to myself, well, history is, is different. And I don't understand this 3%. So I don't care if it stays at 3%. I can't predict the future. But all I know is that 3% life is good. So let's continue that as long as possible. Well, that was just like my saying there are eight days a week in grade two. I was not, I didn't get it. I was dumb. I was, I was an idiot. I was, you know, the, the geniuses were saying, in fact, I got that. I think I talked about a previous podcast uh, recently when a company got in trouble, a big real estate company with billions of dollars in real estate. And I actually text the, the dude who ran the company. I said, what were you thinking? Having all, you know, like billions of dollars in, in variable rate mortgages when you could get less than two on a CMHC for your apartment building. And he says, we don't understand. I go, well, yeah, I understand. He goes, no, you don't understand. We're a big company. We're doing quite well. So his brain wasn't, and, and that answer alone told me never invest with this guy or this company or stock, or whatever he was selling. His brain's not flexible enough to see the truth. The answer would have been, yeah, I made a mistake. I screwed up. Interest rates were, I could have got, he should have said, I could have gotten a 1.8% CMHC insured mortgage on my apartments for 10 years, but instead I kept it variable for one point because I got bonuses and I got rewarded for those every three months profits we're making and I wasn't thinking about what I could lock in today to make the company more stable because I couldn't accept in my brain that paying 25 or 3% for 10-year or 20-year money or whatever it would be um, would be smart or be something to worry about. So what I'll do is I'll keep it variable because I can make some more cash on these billions of dollars of mortgages, not thinking that when they go from one percent on a variable to eight percent on a variable which is what happened the company then had to stop issuing dividends to retirees and pension plans so having you know i think when we, we we often as investors particularly small investors as we are don't get to really understand uh 
the um, thinking of people running some of these companies we invest in. But if we could ever ask questions, and I do ask questions, and through email or not often at these um, telecalls they do because they're usually for banks and other people ask some questions, but I'll send an email to investor relations. Any company you've invested in has a section on their website called investor relations and an email address. And you send an email to them and do a follow-up call if you have a question. And I try to figure out how flexible they are and will they take my crazy question and answer it. Or will it be like that grade two class and I say eight days a week and they laugh because they don't see it. I'm starting to think that is one of the most, well, not the most. It's a, it's a very important factor when you consider whether or not you should stick with a company or invest in a company. Is What is the flexible thinking of the people running the organization? Now, you want to be focused on what you do. You don't want to be all over the map. But it, whatever the product you're in or service, uh, the question is, are you open to critically looking at the other side of your belief system, which then leads to flexible thinking and accepting mistakes. Now, as we talk about in our book, you don't want the mistake uh, to take you out because survival is a key, and survival means that you are somewhat smart with your money and you understand that if you put everything in one idea and that idea goes south, the chances are it's going to be very difficult to recover. So mistakes are inevitable. They happen all around you. The question is, what happens to you when you experience one? So the next time you make a mistake, even if it's something simple, keep track of what your emotional response to that mistake is. Do you fight to protect yourself? Do you blame other people? Or, and this is what sort of See, I've made so many of them, I've had a lot of practice, so maybe I could help with this one. My first instinct is I feel the pain, and the first thing that happens in your wired brain is to fight to protect it or to say to yourself initially, you know, um, this is a really bad thing and all that kind of stuff. But I don't do that much anymore. Now when it happens, I accept it, I open it up to it, I listen to it, I listen to the other side, but there's still pain. You know, when you think of Relic, I, I, it bothers me. Like just now talking about, when I talk about the ice cream company, I still feel a little bit of that zing <laughs> from, not for myself, but how it, it, you know, inconvenienced my family and the pressure of, of having to recover from that. So, so those parts are always going to be there, and I think they should be, because it's not like you want to go out and make mistakes on purpose. But when you make them, you get the sting, and then I reflect. And then I say to myself, is this mistake enough to change course? Is it, you know, is it? are you like the captain of a ship and you see some icebergs and you go, well, you know, I thought this was a safe route, but it looks like I made a mistake or the ice flows I didn't calculate or something's going on. So do you alter your course or do you continue going thinking you can avoid the icebergs? I don't know. And that's something that process as you go through um, accepting that mistake and then it becomes part of your cognitive brain forever and it hopefully increases your flexibility your ability to see the other side um, I'll get into future podcasts because we're running along here today about this whole issue and, and the topic uh, is uh, is this really too good to be true and I'm going to talk about uh, a way to look at that thought that hits me quite a bit when you actually find something worth investing in.
So again, how many days are there in a week? Well, seven or eight, depends on what you're thinking about. Have a look at uh, your mistake history, see how it can impact you for the, for the good. And also, if you are concerned about that whole issue of survival, have a look at some of the um, sections of our book where I talk about that and what Grandpa learned from his honeybees. If you're a newsletter subscriber, you've got a free digital copy of the book. You can have a look or go on Amazon.ca and uh, help us in all our work. I'm Hank for Be Money Simple. You have an amazing day. Before I go, I just want to let you in on a little secret. It, it sounds bizarre. And it's not because of ego or anything, but it's because I believe in it. Uh, pretty much regularly, I have at my side here when I look at investments and look at what I'm doing, um, what Grandpa learned from the honeybees. I know I wrote it, but I continue to refer to it when I look at the principles and how I need to focus on those and how they can help me get through difficult times. So if you've subscribed to my newsletter, you have a free digital copy. Get to Amazon.ca and pick up a uh, paper copy, send it to people you love, your grandkids, uh, and uh, they'll be better for it. And I, trust me, look at it regularly because we often forget what we read. The other thing I commonly do, which sometimes gets me into trouble, is if I know someone who's going to have a baby or uh, even a grandchild, I send a copy of my book, Don't Be a Wimp, Raise a Strong Leader. I wrote it some time ago when I was a psychologist, but it continues to have value today to help young parents understand the word discipline and how it's really based in unconditional love and something we should all do. That's Don't Be a Wimp, Raise a Strong Leader. And I also continue to go back and refer to my book, What Grandpa Learned from His Honeybees. You have an amazing day, and we'll talk soon.